do you feel that this change in Archie is permanent? I don't think Archie's changed. He's always been this much of a douche nozzle. Yeah. Yeah. Pals and gals, and welcome to another episode of EXO, EXO, Riverdale. Okay, so we're doing something a little different right now. First of all, uh, I'm Louie Perlman. I'm Kate Fatter. And Kate is all the way up in Washington Heights, and I'm all the way in the financial district, and we're doing this remotely. We need to do a bit of a shorter episode today, so uh, this is going to be a little bit all about our thoughts. Uh, Episode uh, title is the town that dreaded sundown. It's going to be a little more maybe scattered, a little more randomized than usual, but I think we're going to have a pretty good podcast. Kate, how do you feel about it? I, I think we're going to be good. Okay. <laughs> so how, how do you feel about this episode overall? It felt like it almost didn't have enough, but maybe mm-hmm. that's because the episodes leading up to this have taken been off more than they can chew. Yeah, it's true. The last few episodes have been really dense. And yeah. this episode, I do agree, it slows it down a little bit. However, we do get some pretty good revelations here, right? Yeah, we do. You know, yeah, we do. Right away, the episode is called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Yeah. Which is based on a movie, which is based on the Phantom Killer and Tex Arcana, which Jughead mentions right in the opening monologue. Yeah, and we see him as well, the yes. white-hooded figure who clearly was an inspiration for the Black Hood. Right, and then the Zodiac season. Killer as a clear inspiration for this cryptic note. Yes. Also, later on in the episode, it's worth noting now, they mention Batman villains, which also... Right, wait, okay, so I was about to bring that up too, but Jughead's yeah. like, cryptic letters, is he a narcissist or a Batman villain? And I was like, I don't know, you're like sitting in front of a Zodiac Killer book. Yeah, exactly. yeah that's exactly what he is yeah he's the zodiac yeah he's he is he's he's like mirroring the zodiac even more than he's mirroring a batman villain so jughead pull it together a little bit pull it together so kate what what questions did you have taking uh, did you take away from from this episode i mean i have a lot of like fun like goofs and silly things i noticed Mm -hmm. but some main questions is again why is the mayor everywhere because she is guilty of something, right? Yes, it's so shady. Absolutely. I very much agree with that. Mayor McCoy, you gotta go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it's pretty clear who the Black Hood is now, too. I was gonna ask you, uh, after this episode, who do you think the killer is? Yeah. Is Chick Cooper also based on how many Instagram photos Lily Reinhardt takes with him? <laughs> Speaking of which, is there any big social media stuff that we need to cover today? KJ did a big interview for... Yes, I read it. I, re- I mean, I read the whole thing, too. He's wearing a turtleneck in it, which is like a very GQ look. Yes. No, I thought they dressed him pretty well for it, actually. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about the interview overall? I, like, barely even remember what I read. Like, it was very, like, yeah. Pretty fluffy. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. only... The only part that was a red flag for me that is worth talking about, actually, and we've already had a slight discussion about it today over Facebook, is the fact that he's like, yeah, it was my own fault. I was tired when I crashed my car and had to drive home from the set. 
And it seems like they don't, there's no rules about like actors working incredibly long hours then driving themselves out. And I feel like there should be some rules on that. Get their hands on this. Yeah, sorry. uh, You said SAG needs to get their hands on this, right? Yeah. Yeah, this should be a union thing, right? Yeah, this absolutely should be a union thing. Yeah, and no actors, if they work the hours that I'm sure KJ Apa is working, yeah, no actors should be driving home after that. No. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, I know that these CW shows cost about 50 cents to produce. Yeah, they can throw in for it. Yeah, you know, seriously. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that they're reusing stock footage from Supernatural for the opening, it's like... And Gilmore Girls. Yeah, exactly. Like, pay for a fucking driver, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so so you think it's Chip Cooper. Yes. I think that's a really valid. Uh, I spoke about that being a predominant theory in the last podcast. Yeah. But, you know, do you feel it's a bit of a cop-out for it to be a character who hasn't, you know, like, a character that hasn't even been introduced yet? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that. Because also, like... So we know this is the long lost brother, but he would have been at that town hall meeting, which means he fit into the community fine. Like, Mm -hmm. no one was like, who the fuck is this guy when everyone in the town fit into that room? Mm hmm. That's true. But I think they're just going to kind of let that slide, to be honest. Yeah, that that's going to be sort of Riverdale right around instead of let's incorporate this into the plot. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. Also, my friend Rosie, just to bring this up, because I think I want your take on this. She thinks she thinks that Cliff Blossom is not dead and that Cliff may have something to do with being the killer. I don't think it's Cliff. Do you think Cliff is dead? I think Cliff is dead. Also, I mean, I have a lot to say about this being for Betty and like sinners. And I think we could talk about that further. But like the fact that like he's sending this to Betty as like a revenge thing, an avenge thing. It doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense for it to be Cliff Blossom. That's a good point. Although the Blossoms do seem to really have it in for the Coopers, right? Yeah, but this is really Betty specific. Yes, it's not like it's like, I'm going to get you Coopers. It's like, I'm going to get you teenage girl. Yeah, who's like done the least wrong to my family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's like actually tried to really make amends with the family. Yeah, who's been like very kind this whole time. Here is a question that I literally just thought of now. Do you think the Black Hood could be a conglomerate of people? Um, The reason I don't is because Moose and, and Archie and Fred have backed up the green eyes thing. Truth, truth. So there what if be, they're all wearing contacts? That would be a delight. What if it's Richard Kind? We still don't know if it's oh Richard Kind. Oh my God. I think it is Richard Kind. And yeah, even yeah, when it is revealed. I think it's Richard Kind. Yeah, I think you're right. As per usual, Kate, you are right. It is Richard Kind. Bing Bong never died. You were worried Cliff, Cliff Blossom was still alive, but it's Bing Bong the whole time. Yeah, it's been bing bong the whole time. It's (laughs) also, you know, just to lend credence to the fact that it might be multiple people, that would be a very scream-influenced plot move to make. And this whole season feels very screamy. Yes, particularly that phone call at the end of the episode. Yes, definitely. I might talk about that phone call if we have time. We'll see. Cool. Something else that I wanted to ask you, another question that I had for you. Do you think Jughead and Tony are going to get it on? Or do you think it's a false, you think it's a false narrative? I think it's a false narrative. Interesting. Cool. I don't want the show to go that route. 
I think it's like reasonable Saiki and Betty would break up, but I don't think I think it's setting Tony up as a really good friendship. I hope so because Tony's awesome. I kind of love Tony personally. Yeah, Tony. I mean, yeah, I'm into Tony. Um, I'm happy to have another female character on the show that's has some depth. Quite frankly, yes. I loved though when she criticized Betty's ponytail, and Kevin came in hard with that, like defending it. Yeah. Well, you know, everything Kevin said in that scene, I identified with. And also, too, like, Tony, what's where's the def- what's going on here, honey? Yeah. Pull it together. Kevin was like my favorite part of this whole episode from top to bottom was comedic Kevin. I love it. Yes, they- that's true. He's the comic relief now, and I'm really happy about it. Yeah, but also comedic Kevin, but they treated him soup with super gravitas in the episode before. So I feel like they're really striking that balance. And yeah. it's not comedic Kevin as a gay stereotype. And I really like that right. comparatively to last season where it was like, your boots, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck is this guy talking about? Two big things from Kevin's episode. One, Kevin's mom. She's alive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in contact. Yeah. I want to know more about Kevin's mom. I mean, you know, she was dead, right? We all assume she was dead. You know, the, as a comic book geek, you know, Kevin in the comics comes from a nuclear family. Yeah. Um, but so any of these characters do from the comics. I just sort of pictured the family from the comics until this was mentioned. And then I was like, oh, no, we haven't really dealt with her at all. Well, in the first is, season, he says something about, like, how his dad's been different now that mom's not around anymore. And then, like, it was really brushed on the rug. And it seemed like a really, like, my mom died and, like, we're dealing with a thing. Mm-hmm. And then See, now, it's, like, he just, his parents are divorced and his mom still cares a lot. Who do you want his mom to be played by? Because oh I have God. a great contender. Truly, as soon as you said that, I thought Shelley Long, but she's too old. She's never too old. Don't say that about Shelley Long. She's I great. <laughs> but it's also because I was listening to How Did This Get Made today, where they were talking about Shelley Long. Um, nice. Oh, wow. Kate, um, what do you think about uh, Liza Minnelli playing his mom? <laughs> oh, hon. She's what? not too old, right? No. I was going to say, what about, like, Marsha Cross? But I don't think they'd bring, like, another redhead in. What about Judith Light? I also think Judith Light is too old. I think we're thinking of older gay icons, and it's not. You know why we're thinking of older gay icons? It because we're matter. older gay icons, you know, Kate. You know what I was thinking about at some point recently was, like, I can't imagine being, like, a famous singer and not wanting to be a gay icon. Like, if I were famous, like, I would insist on being a gay icon. No shit. You'd move your entire career around Around to become a gay icon. Avi, yeah. Um, All right. Oh, oh, oh. What about as Kevin's mom, Rachel Lee Cook? That would be amazing. Oh, man. (laughs) Can you imagine to get uh, an actual Josie cast member on the show? I think she's like might be sort of closer to the right age too. Well, she is in Riverdale time because either they really play fast and loose with the parents' actual ages and the people playing them. Yeah. You know, like Nurse Hall Nichols, I think she turned 40 today. Yeah. Like, so, you know, based on how old the kids are too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and then here's like, here's Luke Perry, who is 79 years old. So, you know. <laughs> Okay, okay, next question. Do you feel that this change in Archie is permanent? I don't think Archie's changed. He's always been this much of a douche nozzle. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. What did I read? Kate, 
Remember in this episode when Archie's alibi was, I was in the garage working on my songs. Yeah, that was his alibi for the first episode. And I was like, oh yeah, here's this bullshit subplot that we had to deal with last season. Yeah, I think, I truly do not know what I wrote in this sentence on my page. Well, just go with your heart, Kate. What? <laughs> oh, I know. So one of my questions for the Black Hood is that he's saying that he's he took Betty's speech to heart and is fixing the town for her. So there's the question of whether he's doing things to avenge Betty or to clear the town of sinners. And I think his point is that he's clearing the town of sinners, and that makes sense for certainly for Grundy, Moose, and Midge. I mean, they were doing drugs. We'll let it slide. It's pretty. Well, that's that. That's a real horror movie motif. Is that yeah. the the uh, sort they of the ethos of point, yeah, yeah, like the ethos of the killer is always more puritanical than the ethos of the characters you empathize with. Right, but that brings into question: What did Fred do? Yeah, what did Fred do? Uh, well, remember he had that DUI. <laughs> Right, yeah, and that's 100% what everyone, that's what the killer is going for. So he's like, this guy had a DUI that was just like a fine. He paid a yeah. fine. His son didn't <laughs> But it means, it. it means he's not allowed to fucking raise Jughead, which sucks. Right, we already talked about how that's like not true. Yeah, 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 that that's just Riverdale writing. Right. That's just in the world of, in the world of Riverdale. Totally. Yeah, no, 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 I think that's valid. I don't know. I'd like to see, I don't know, a smarter, more contemplative Archie coming out of this whole Black Hood thing. We'll see if that happens. It would be nice for the show. I, you know, I like KJ Appa. I liked him at the beginning of the season. I still like him despite really what they're giving him. Like it's, I don't know. This is this is a real douche douche move for Arch, right? Yeah. I want to bring it back a second. I did not talk about point number two with Kevin. Yeah, sure. Go uh, for it. He re-upped his account at redstatemeat.com. Yeah, what the fuck is that? What is that? You're in a red state? Or what is that? You know what? You know what? Let's pause for a second. I'm going to look up that site and see if that's a reference to something. Hold on. Because I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm wondering if... I'm wondering if that's a porn site. I just typed in red state meat and all it's bringing oh, up is, is Warner Brothers. Trump and the Kevin Smith film. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Red state meat. Yeah, I'm 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 wondering if it was a I'm wondering if red state meat was a some sort of attempt at a joke that Kevin subscribes to a porn site with like hunky conservative guys i think it was that it was a gay dating site for people that live in red states i think it was really straightforward but i just don't believe that riverdale's in a red state no riverdale seems pretty east coast but also in the last election and of course listeners i don't want to make this too political we already delved into that a few episodes ago but you know there were a lot of states that did flip and it was somewhat of a surprise, or somewhat of an upset. So maybe they are in a state that sometimes is blue, sometimes is red. But that's still not northeast. No, that's true. And it definitely feels northeastern, right, Kate? Like, we still think this very. is taking place. Yeah, it yeah. feels very New England. Yeah, with the fog and all that. Like, it feels yeah. very Stephen King, Castle Rock, you know? Maybe, I think the Maine has some conservative leanings. Yeah, 
Well, all rural areas have conservative leanings. Yeah, upstate New York is too. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know, it could, but it doesn't. It's anachronistic because Riverdale doesn't certainly doesn't feel like it's in Maine. No, Uh, Riverdale feels like it's in like Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. Yeah. You know, and and Riverdale in the comics has always felt very East Coast. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable because it's an East Coast based company. You know, it's a company that's based in White Plains. It's in West yeah. or, or or yeah, it's in it's or sorry, not White Plains. It's based in Westchester County. So Right. You know. Anyway. Kate, next yes. question. The rest of my like questions and points I think are gonna be not really like serious discussion inducing necessarily. Great. There's two other points I have, which Great. would be so Betty and Jughead run and to get everyone out of the town hall meeting. The yes. lights shut off and Betty pulls the fire alarm. Yes. It would honestly make more sense. They would be safer if they were all sitting still in a crowd than if yes. they all ran. Because if they were all in one place and the shot rings out, you can track that. If everyone is scattering and running, it's easy to shoot a bullet and shoot a person and make it look like it wasn't you. Yes, but do you think, even though Betty is an incredible sleuth, she's still an amateur. Yes, do you for think, sure. Do you think that she would think of that in the moment, or you think she'd try to get them all out? No, I think she'd try to get them all out. Like, I think it is the right thing that Betty would think, but I'm saying from the killer perspective, like, she, like, really set them up. I have a question. Uh, this is a follow-up question regarding this that I, I've been thinking about since I watched the episode. The Black Hood said to them, I'm going to take it back to the place where it all began. Yep. And Betty thought she was talking about her speech. Are you going to say how in the closing monologue, he said where it all began and he was referring to Sweetwater River? Yes. That was my next point. Yeah. So we're on the same page about this. So I'm wondering if the next episode is going to open with the Black Hood killer right near Archie and Veronica throwing the gun in the water. Yeah, that was that was my big assumption. Great. As soon as Jug had said that, I was like, oh, hon, you're right. Yeah, because where it all began maybe is where Riverdale lost its pep, which is during the the Blossom incident. Right. Correct? Yes. Yep. Another thing to consider is that whoever this black hooded murderer has been around, is, has been around for a long time, because he knew what book betty was reading as a kid yes what if it's mr weatherby (laughs) what if it was that creepy librarian oh i hate that guy it was a lady but yeah oh oh the the, oh the lady oh yeah 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 she's in the library that's open very late (laughs) yeah well i mean what a dream i'd love to have a library open that late i know even like these libraries are great they would just close like only the first floor was open after a certain time yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, libraries are great. We support libraries here at XOXO Riverdale. Yeah, that's true. So my last point, uh, that's my question, is why do they all assume that the killer's from the South Side? I'm still not really understanding that. Is it just because they're prejudiced? I think it's a bias. I think it's an, I mean, it's an easy target. It's, I think that it's just like, oh, well, there's gangs on the South Side, so that's where the violence is. Okay, yeah went through it not being a South Sider. They went through it being the bougie fuck up on the hill. When it yeah, was- they've already dealt with this. I very much agree. I think that everybody should be a suspect and nobody should be off the table. 
yeah at this point and i'm guessing that this at least in terms of a, being a viewer of the show that it being anyone from the south side is a total ruse you know yeah. okay so i have some takeaways yes in this episode i think jughead sucks yeah i Do think you most agree of this episode. you think that most episodes no i think most of them suck this episode do you think Veronica sucks this episode? Yes, she was my main point. I think Veronica sucks this episode. Okay, let's talk about it because I think Veronica does not suck in this episode. I think it's maybe just this whole season. I just haven't been feeling Veronica. And that's a writing thing, right? Because there's yeah. been stuff in the last season that we've loved from Veronica, you know? Right. And then this season, it's just like ever since the first episode, it, she just feels very like flighty and like not concerned about any of this. I think that's very valid, Kate. Absolutely. I think that she's trying her best here to try to maintain a feeling of safety within the community. And the way she does it is by trying to start a movement, which is very Veronica. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think she totally sucks. And then I think she handles the whole gun thing pretty well. Although I do think she should have thrown the gun away and not kept it. Yeah, get rid of that gun. No, No guns, kids. No. Stop it. No guns. This is a follow-up question. Do you feel the show's being appropriately anti-gun? No. I don't know. It, like, I mean, I mean, it opens with Archie shooting one-handed, which is bonkers. But yeah. there's also, like, very little address towards, like, the racist, sexist history of something being the Red Circle. When you think about, like, red states... Nazi propaganda, like the red pill. Like, I think that it's just like a really loaded term that they're kind of using. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because this is something I talked about in the last episode. The Archie comics in the last few years haven't shied away from embracing leftist issues. Right. And they did an excellent plot line about gun, sensible gun regulation laws a few years ago, which I very much appreciated mm-hmm. in Life with Archie comics. And I feel like they're using a lot of iconography that's quite complicated and problematic, especially with what's going on right now politically. And they're not really, they're just using it. They're not really delving into it because all of the Archie Red Circle stuff feels very alt-right Proud Boys to me, you know? Yeah, it's real weird. I mean, this is what I'm going to say. You know, here we are. We're doing a podcast. Sometimes this podcast can be super fun it's sometimes can be very lighthearted, and we we crack a lot of jokes but ultimately the tagline of the podcast is you know a riverdale podcast for two grown-ass adults yeah and you know i actually feel like the show and i'm gonna hold the show to this task i'm not gonna stop watching the show i, I enjoy watching it critiquing it especially with you kate because you're a genius yeah. you know but i am gonna say what i am gonna do is i'm gonna hold the creators of the show to a standard, I think they have a social obligation, especially because the show is hitting so well with teenagers, to deal with these issues with some gravitas. That's what I'm going to yeah, say. I think that's fair. If we want to make yeah. it fun, I can go through my big hits here of goofs and fun things I noticed throughout that. episode. Okay, this, this next segment's going to be called Kate's Goofs and Gags. Let's go for it. All right. First of all, they have two different serpent logos, and it seems like it's because... The high schoolers are the serpents, like junior ser- serpents. Love like, the it. Cup cup. Um, <laughs> they're they're the serpent youth. Yeah. Oof. Um, <laughs> these the public school science generic science teacher has a PhD. 
He was stuffed <laughs> or something. That's insane. He can do better than this. Um, again, we still don't know what season it is. Um, no. The letter that got to Betty, the blue and gold, was did not go through the mail. Oh, totally. It was there just was dropped no off. It was just dropped off. Yeah, so the, the black hood is lurking around in the school. Yes. Uh, also, though, I, I just want to address, because I talked about it last episode. <laughs> in the last episode, that letter to Alice was so menacing. And Betty was just like, here you go, Mom, I'm off to school, bye. And it was like, no, 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 come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, Betty would be like, shit, what's this letter? And at least this time, when she got the letter, it was addressed with, with like, she was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, she could tell right away it was something yeah. scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Alice is one, you don't watch Friday Night Lights. Alice's line in the beginning of the episode was very like Friday Night Lights intro, Connie Britton with the line dancing that was turned into an entire Inside Amy Schumer sketch. Oh, cool. Well, that's awesome. And I'm sure other listeners will really appreciate that. So that's yeah, very, very cool. Funny. The like tough guy serpent would be a better Reggie than new Reggie. A lot of people are saying that, yes, yes, that very yeah. well may be the case. He also looks a lot like Lou Diamond Phillips. He does. Some people think he's Jughead's secret brother, but I do not think that is the no, case. No, that doesn't make sense. Um, no. I liked that we almost got like a remix to the black, to the red circle. This is being addressed on Reddit. Uh-huh. What narrative purpose did that serve, and it, whose choice was that? What I thought it was going to be was, have you watched the pilot of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yes. It's like the news segment is interviewing the guy in the trailer, and then it like slowly gets turned into a remix, and it's the theme song. Yes, totally. Yes. Like this remix was going to build to like everyone's on their phone watching him get remixed, and then like that was it. The end. That that was one of the most bananas things that's ever happened on that on the show, and it was completely unnecessary. Yeah, and Mm. then right off of that. The same girl walks behind Veronica in the same direction twice during that scene. Whoa. That's that's Um, a small goof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then she's giving out the t-shirts and a girl who's already wearing the t-shirt goes and takes another t-shirt. Thought that was very funny. No, no seconds, honey. (laughs) This is okay. My favorite thing when trouble shows up at the Andrews door, when all the serpents show up. Veronica says, it looks like we've got trouble, and Archie, like, smoothly jumps over the coffee table, and it was such, like, it felt like such a choice. Like, KJ Apple was like, I think it'd be really cool if to get to the door, I jump over this table, and he didn't tell anyone, and then the first time he did it, he was really proud of himself, and no one said anything about it, so then he kept doing it, and he's, like, really happy it got in, but, like, no one gave a shit while they were filming it. I think KJ was right. I think it's cool. It's really cool. I love it. was just like such a tiny thing that I was like, like I wrote like he feels good about this. Yeah, totally. I'm all for KJ doing whatever he wants. I think that his instincts are more often correct than the writers when it comes to Arch, you know? Yeah. When the fight began, Dilton taking off his glasses was very like when a girl fight's about to start and they start taking off their earrings. Truth, truth. But it's also like such a... I was going to say it's such a disadvantage to take off your glasses for a fight, but in the rain like that, it honestly might be better going in without the glasses than the glasses that are all, like, wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dilton was strategizing because Dilton is a badass. Uh, I, I love him. I, I'm loving him this season. I'm loving him. I love him. that we have so much more Dilton. Yeah, um, he's. I'm very happy about that. And then another small thing is 
So everyone in the town of Riverdale was in the room for that town hall. Very much yes. like Springfield. And, <laughs> and the mayor was saying one thing and then like Alice came up with like with like a different idea and then Fred came up and was like, I don't know, and it was very like monorail and then like Fred was Marge like we have to fix the potholes on Main Street and then Alice was like directly saying like well Archie's got the right idea it was very like well so I guess it's more of a Shelbyville idea and it was like so directly Marge versus the monorail in that season in that episode and then like I was trying to like pick out the different people that's awesome there was like one person supporting Fred and that would have been Sideshow Mel supporting Marge But, like, everyone was in with Alice, like, Lyle Lanley. And the mayor was, like, slowly getting on board with Alice because it was, like, well, we do have all... Like, it was so monorail. And for any listeners that have never seen that episode, it's probably one of the top ten best Simpsons episodes of all time, so you have to watch it. It's a well-known episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, it was written by Conan O'Brien, and it's very funny, so please watch it. When I find out people I know haven't seen that episode, I'm like, but how'd you make it to adulthood? Like, especially people in comedy, I'm like, what do you mean you don't know the monorail? Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. It's like such a touchstone for my generation. You're slightly younger than me. Like, I totally, yeah. How can you? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing else. Like, a genuine bona fide electrified steel car monorail. <laughs> yeah, everybody watch it if you haven't watched it or rewatch it if you haven't seen it for a while. But that's a great observation, Kate. I love that. Do you think um, Alice is going to run for mayor? I don't think so. Okay, I think that there's foreshadowing that she will. Um, I think it's going to be a plot point. We will see. You know, uh, the only reason I think that might not be true. Well, the mayor is clearly up to something. Mm-hmm. So Alice running against her could either bring that out or she doesn't run at all so she can keep her meddling. Yes, because Alice is a meddler that Alice Cooper. Yes. All right. Awesome. I think unless you have any closing points to the episode. No, but ready that's for our big monorail hit was the end. <laughs> so, Kate. What the fuck you think, what, what's the Lodge's plan here? What's their end game? I think that Hermione, now that Hiram is back on out of prison, I think Hermione's being slowly kind of pushed out of in the know. Uh-huh, yeah. And I think she's starting, it seemed in this episode when she was talking to Veronica about loyalty that she kind of sees that maybe she wasn't making the right moves. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know what Hiram's up to, but we know it's no good. Yeah, yeah, it's still too early to say, but I feel like Hiram's trying to pit the town against each other, and I think it has to do with him trying to buy out the town by, I think it's some sort of gentrification scheme. Yes, he was definitely Mr. Burns in that meeting. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's really valid, and I think that um, he's trying to do something so that the serpents leave so that he can take over the south side and redevelop it. Yeah, well, I remember very early in the first season thinking that the mayor and the sheriff knew who the murderer was and was trying to pin it on the south side so they could clean it up and look like the heroes. And I think that's still kind of in play. Mm-hmm. I hope so. That would be awesome. Uh, I would like it if the show went that way because I just feel like that's dynamic and something we haven't seen from the show yet. Yeah. All right. Power ranking. Power Here ranking. we go. Number one, Archie. Yes. Yeah, he's a real mover shaker this episode. He's not often the number one. No. Number two, Betty. Yep. Number three, Juggy. Mm-hmm. Number four, Alice. 
I love she's really doing it. I also just want to throw him in there. Love her hair this episode. Yeah, her hair is looking beautiful this episode. Agreed. And then next, Veronica. Mm-hmm. Um, this is contentious. You said no, Veronica. Why? Why no, Veronica? My no is I think she's just doing everything to support Archie for Archie, back Archie up. And she's not doing anything for herself. Everything is motivated by making her boyfriend happy and look good. That's fair. I think she is great when she makes the shirts and gets rid of that fucking gun. But I do think she should have got rid of gotten rid of it earlier. Um, then after Veronica, uh, Fred. Yeah. Yep, Fred, who's trying to lay and down the law this episode. Right. They had mm-hmm. to fill the potholes. Yeah, exactly. They need to fill the potholes. Thank you, Marge. Thank you, Fred. Uh, next, Dilton. Yes. Yeah, love that Dilton. Love love that he's on the power ranking. Next yep. is Reggie. Mm-hmm. And finally, Mayor McCoy. Yeah, she's up to yep, no so good. She is up to no good. She is conniving. Who do you have a crush on this week? Back up, back up, back up. Our true number okay. one. Hot dog. Vegas. Hot dog. Vegas. We've only seen hot dog once. Number one is Vegas. You're right. You're right. And the fact that we haven't seen hot dog again this season is one of the most disappointing things about this entire season, right? I mean, we're only in what? The fourth episode? Yeah. I've, I wanted a whole episode already devoted to hot dog by this I point. I would love an episode that's just like a break from the seriousness of like Vegas and hot dog like going on a fun dog adventure like Milo and Otis. Yeah. yeah or like an incre- like incredible journey. No, Homer Dodd is so sad and scary. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think this is a great idea. Uh, writers, you heard it. that Vegas would be Shadow and Hot Dog, I don't think would be the Michael J. Fox dog, whose name I can't remember. I think Hot Dog would be Sassy the Cat. Yes, Hot Dog would definitely be Sassy the Cat. Who voiced Sassy the Cat? I don't remember. No, and I don't know who voiced Shadow either. I just know that that other dog was Michael J. Fox. Yeah, totally. Michael J. Fox dog. That was the character's yeah. name in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Riverdale fans, get, get excited to our, for our incredible journey references. All right. Who do you have a crush on? My number one this week is Dilton yeah. Doily. Me too! Yes! <laughs> oh, it's like, I feel like the whole season two of Stranger Things, I was like so happy we had more Steve. And like, this is just like, I'm so happy we have more Dilton. I know. And we have more loose this season too. Like everything's coming up Millhouse. Kate, our cup overfloweth with beautiful men. It's true. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Who is your number two? This is tough because I thought I had my solid three and then I remembered we saw Archie shirtless. Fair enough. Yes. So I think I'm going to go number two. I'm going to go Archie. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, my number two was Fred. Wow. He was looking extra dilfy this episode. Yeah, looking extra dopey this episode. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Just, just no Cheryl this episode. I know. She was just handing out t-shirts and walking across the street. I know. I miss her. I miss no. her so much, oh, Kate. Wait, wait, let me find my pen. This will be cut out because we're not a visual podcast, but I have my pen. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Ugh, just over the video, I, I'm going to let our listeners know because this is important. Kate is showing me the... Her Cheryl Blossom spider brooch pin that she got. Yes, it's all that is... from Bakelite and everything. Maybe I'll get a spider pin tattoo somewhere. Uh, right, like on your breast where Cheryl would wear it? Yeah, on my breast. That would be great. Okay, who's your third crush? So I was going to say Alice, but it was between she and Kevin, and Alice is on my list a lot, so I think I'm going to say Kevin this episode. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking of saying Kevin because he is looking cute this episode, but he's not in it enough. So I said Veronica because she gets to wear her cape, and I love her little cape. I love her cape. Yeah, her cape is great. So any closing thoughts about this episode? I think that, like, this episode sets up a lot for what's going to happen, but not a lot actually happened. Yeah, I think that's that's very valid. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So one more little thing, and I uh, kudos to the user Vidyan2857 on Reddit, because I didn't, I, I didn't totally put this together. And being a comic book geek, I feel a little bad I didn't. Wil- Wilbur Wilkins is Yeah, which a, I meant to uh, ask you about, because I noticed he's it. An, he's an Archie-esque character from the same company as Archie, who's created earlier, actually. Yeah. And then... It makes sense, because he's older than Archie. Yes. And then when Archie came around, um, he wasn't used as much anymore because he wasn't as popular. But they reused the name Wilkins for a comic in the 60s called That Wilkins Boy. And That Wilkins Boy is uh, the comic where the character Katie Keene first appeared, who's a very popular Archie character, who this series has not gotten to yet, but I'm sure they are going to use Katie Keene at some point. Interesting. Yeah, anyway, there you go. That's my little, like, geeky comic book tidbit. So, hey. We did it. We did another episode of XOXO Riverdale. Yeah. Um, bit of a different format, but I'm feeling pretty good. We might do this again next week. We'll see how my life is going in Florida. Certainly. And, uh, you know, as always, it's always great to hear your insights. Um, yeah. uh, next week's episode, When a Stranger Calls. Yes, I'm excited. I'm enjoying the season so far, although it's definitely quite different and there's a lot going on and they're they're throwing a lot at us. Lily Reinhardt said next week's episode is like Betty's big episode. That's great. I'm looking forward to that because I could use a Betty big episode, right? Definitely. Well, get ready for us to cover that one. And, you know, thanks to our editor, Lisa Camden. She's great. Thanks to our composer, Louis Aronowitz, for the theme song. Thanks to everybody that's listening. Our listener numbers have been up the last few episodes. So thanks for listening along with the series. And thanks, everybody, for continuing to support AXO! AXO! Riverdale! Riverdale!